2: Hey, Pat, got a question for you. What do the NHL, Al Gore, and Rebel News all have in common? Uh, The World Economic Forum? <laughs> kind of, sort of. You're kind of, sort of right. Uh, <laughs> but they are all topics we are going to discuss on a Fish Fry Friday right here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. And let's get into critical thinking. <laughs> Good Friday morning or afternoon or evening or nighttime or Saturday or Sunday, if you're catching up on the show on podcast or over on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. We continue to grow that channel each and every single day. So again, folks, if you're going to the Rumble channel, the best way, the easiest way for you to help us grow is to literally hit the thumbs up button. That's what you need to do. Just give us a thumbs up. That, that will help us. Of course, subscribing does help as well. But if you can do that for us, as you watch this show, um, you will help us grow. It's just that simple. You don't even need to spend money to do it. You just need to watch the show. Again, rumble.com backslash critical thinking is where you can watch the show every single Monday through Friday. And of course, you always can find us on podcast wherever you find your podcast at. Make sure you are downloading, rating and reviewing as well as subscribing over there as well. All right, it is Friday. It's a fish fry Friday. That means we're going to throw the worst of the week into the fryer later on in the program. Of course, crowning a brand new Richard of the Week. And the bee or not the bee, but before we get into all that, Pat, it's time for us to tell our best stories of the week. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You know,
1: I'm going to let the lady go first this time. So you're going first. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Age before beauty.
2: I'm confused because I'm also the face of the program. I don't know. I don't know what uh, you got into your hot cocoa this morning, Pat. But um, uh huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. a little uh, peppermint schnapps in there uh, for the first time ever. Why? Because it's from to <laughs> say schnapps. Well, I'm from Wisconsin. We we say schnapps and brandy like it's uh, baby formula. <laughs>
1: I mean, I guess. I I mean, you do know,
2: Pat. You do know that Wisconsin is the third largest uh, consumer of brandy in the entire world, behind France, Canada, France, Canada, Wisconsin. So countries are ahead of us. (laughs) That's it.
1: I had no idea. (laughs) I I did. I did know. I did know. Alcohol is a big thing up there. Like, like, there's all sorts Mm -hmm. of different kinds of. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like. Yeah, it's just a cultural thing more than
2: a a crazy thing. But anyway, um, that having been said, um, I will gladly go first here uh, because we're going to talk about the world of sports. And my best story this week involves the NHL, the Philadelphia Flyers, not because of what they did, but because what one of their players did. Um, The NHL over the last four to five years has become as woke as woke can be. Um, As an organization, I mean, it's it's further left in terms of its predilections, if you will, in terms of its outreach and, you know, its imaging, if you will. It's Mm -hmm. further left than the MLS. Okay, it is further left than the NBA. It is further left. (laughs) It is it is the wokest of the woke. And over the last three to four years, you've seen multiple organizations host Pride Nights and, and all of these things because they've pushed all their chips into the middle as an organization, as an NHL organization, into woke culture. So, of course, we have to host a Pride Night because we have to be able to attract the the LGBTQ crowd um, and pander to them, right? We have to pander directly to them so that we can hope to attract a further what? Well, this week, Ivan Provorov of the Philadelphia Flyers said no thank you to Pride Night festivities at the Philadelphia Flyers home contest. And he said no thank you to wearing a stupid Pride jersey prior to the game in warm-ups. He's like, just no, I'm just not going out there. I'm just not doing it. Um, and... I'll speak on the second half of this subject, but I want you to hear his response, and this is why it's the best story of the week. This is how you deal with the woke scolds of our society.
0: Everybody, I respect everybody's
3: choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. How do you religious beliefs? Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would la- I would
0: answer those. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um
3: obviously Kevin He's got a hatcher and uh Erasmus is for school of the season. Can you walk us through the emotion that the team is feeling in that?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean the, that's exactly how you deal with this. Just because I happen to disagree with something that you have chosen for your life, and by the way, um I have seen over the past week the LGBTQ plus L M N O P tilde ampersand. uh, Don't forget about the um, percentage sign crowd. Okay. I have seen that crowd literally tell me to my face and, and on television, both, both things, right? What was the old adage within the LGBTQ community, Pat, that you were born this way, right? It's literally one of the most famous songs from Lady Gaga, Right. It is about how you should be celebrated because you were born this way, and there's nothing that we we could do to change that, right? But at the same point in time, it doesn't square with the quote-unquote non-binary transgender crowd, right? Because you're making a choice to flip, right? You're making a choice this way or that way. I've literally seen a gay person tell me that it's a choice and that it that they're born this way, so there's nothing that we can do about it. It's in one, kind of contradictory, in, by the way. Hmm? It's contradictory, by the way. It's absolutely 100% contradictory. It cannot be a choice while also being born this way. Either you are born this way or it is something you can choose. And if it's something you can choose, that's the rub, right? That is the absolute rub, because if it is something that you can choose, you can also choose not to be it. Right. Or not to involve yourself in the lifestyle. Now, I'm not suggesting I know the answer to that question. I'm not suggesting that at all. I am simply saying you cannot tell me that you are because the argument for the last 20 years of my life has been you were born this way. And there's nothing that we could do to change that. You have to accept that they are born this way. And therefore, that the hardwiring of their system is such that you're not changing that. There is no choice. There's no choice to be a lesbian or to be gay or to be bisexual or this or that, right? There's no choice involved in it. But today you're telling me to my face that, that, that all of it is a choice. That is an absolute contradictory set of values either you were lying then or you're lying now which one of these two is the lie you you let me know now furthermore than all of that Pat is this is exactly how you deal with the woke skulls you literally say I I no I'm refusing to play your game but that's exactly what uh Proverov did there right he's literally looked them in the face faced them eye to eye And said, I have a belief, and I chose not to participate based off of that belief.
1: And then he refused to take any more questions about it. Mm -hmm. He said all he
2: was going to say on the topic and moved on and said, by the way, if you want to talk about the game, let's talk about the game. Eventually, they got the hint and moved on. I love it. I absolutely love how he handled handled that. It is in direct contradiction to how somebody like a Colin Kaepernick handled what he did, right? Right. And I'm bringing Colin Kaepernick into the mix here because I'm not suggesting that kneeling for the national anthem and refusing to go out for Pride Night are the same, one in the same. But what I am about to show you, Pat, is exactly why these two things are one in the same. Because... How did the media react to Colin Kaepernick? Uh, depending on what side of the media you're on, they fell all over themselves to protect him. They fell all over themselves to suggest that kneeling for the national anthem when you believe in one, when you have a set belief system, right? That if you do that, you are worthy of praise, recognition multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar Nike contracts, all because of that. Nothing to do with your abilities on the field, right? Or or on the ice in, in the case of Provorov. Nothing to do with that. We are supposed to praise him, worship him, make sure that he has a microphone in front of him to spew whatever he wants to spew at all times. Provorov, on the other hand, as the antithesis of Colin Kaepernick, literally said all he was going to say on the topic. I have, I believe in my religion, and I'm practicing my religion. Therefore, what? The, this is the antithesis of the Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi Catholicism that's out there, right? The picking right. and choosing, right? The 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 Church of me, if you will, that exists within Catholicism. I'm going to pick and choose every little bit of it. That's not to suggest that like. You know, if you sin, right, right within the Catholic Church, I am literally talking about picking and choosing an absolute tenet of the faith, which which absolute tenets of the faith you are now going to practice and be unrepentant about, right? So, for instance, premarital sex, obviously a sin in the Catholic Church. Does that mean that people don't do that? No. Of course, people sin. But if you repent against that sin, right, if you try your best to be better about that sin, there you go. That's different than being unrepentant about killing babies. Now, I point all of that out to suggest to you, what do you think the response to Provorov deciding not to simply go out in warm-ups and wear a quote unquote pride jersey. Because oh, what is that because what is world that world. what is that ultimately doing? It is a support of what, Pat?
1: Of sin.
2: In his viewpoint.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Is that or is that not? Just like Colin Kaepernick, in his thought process, he believes the United States of America to be a sinful nation. They have sinned against the black community, and they're killing black people at will, right? That's basically what he is stating and has stated in the past. And therefore, how can I justify standing for a country that doesn't stand for me? Okay, if that's the case, then uh, what do you think the media did with Provorov here, right? Considering what they did with Colin Kaepernick.
1: They probably took them through their version of the fryer. Oh, you better believe that, Pat, because
2: <clears throat> let's uh let's read from the NHL playbook, at least the NHL media playbook. This is Gordon Miller of TSN, uh, one of the best known hockey analysts. This is TSN, the Canadian version of ESPN. Number one. Ivan Provorov had the right to refuse to participate in the Pride Night activities in Philadelphia. Number two, the Flyers should have responded by not allowing him to play in the game. And number three, freedom of expression doesn't give you freedom from the consequences of your words or actions. Funny, because I'm pretty sure people like Gord Miller and his ilk, right? The woke scolds in sports, the Corona bros and gals that exist in the sports writing world, right? And sports Twitter. told us that there should be no consequences for one Colin Kaepernick for his speech. It's freedom of expression, right? It's freedom of speech. He should be able to express his disgust with the United States of America, however he chooses to do so, in a public fashion, right? So I I also brought up all of those contradictory things earlier, Pat, to point this contradictory uh, statement out. So it's good for Colin Kaepernick to have no consequences from the any from the um from the NFL, from the San Francisco 49ers. Did the 49ers ever suspend him? No. No. Did the N the NFL do anything? No. Now you can argue that they blackballed him all you want, except for they have bent over backwards to attempt to give him everything he wants. Did they oh, ban him
1: from speaking? No. No. They've tried to get him back into a franchise,
2: bending over backwards to change locations, to change uh, time frames, everything to get him back into the league. Right. Turns out the league has about 70 mediocre to terrible quarterbacks already, and they don't need more. Now, but Andrew, Andrew, he, he's better than yeah, it's not and, even about Colin Kaepernick for me here, right? No, because look at Gord Miller, right? Now, Gord Miller is Canadian, so maybe they don't understand the freedom of speech that exists here in the United States of America. Um, Ivan Provorov does clearly understand it, and he's Russian. You are now I also have argued in the past that your freedom of expression does not mean you are free of consequences of
1: your expression that's probably the only spot where he's right here is like that you're you're you are not free of the consequences correct but right. but
2: these are the same people who argued on the other right. side of this for Colin Kaepernick there should be no consequences how dare you now I I would suggest that the consequence for um, for Provorov here is what? People talking about him, people hating him if they want to hate him, whatever have you. But the suggestion here is that the Philadelphia Flyers should have taken consequential action for his expression in his practice of religion on the ice. So are we also to suggest then Gord Miller, that he should not be able to make the sign of the cross or or pray on the bench? Or prior to the game, bend a knee and and uh, and pray on the blue line or on the red line. Are we to suggest that that is something that he is not allowed to do? Because these are the, the these are the same principled things. They are not mutually exclusive. His decision to say no, I refuse to participate in this is simply an expression of his religious belief are we to suggest that if a jewish player is on the ice right are we to suggest that they're supposed to or a muslim player right are we to suggest that they're not to participate in ramadan look what happens in the nba right when it comes to that are we supposed to suggest that uh um that uh a Jewish player should not be able to exercise their faith on the ice, right? Are we suggesting that the only people who get to express themselves and be free of consequence
1: are leftists? I was going to say, another good point here is Tim Tebow and how he was ostracized for practicing what he believed on the field.
2: Mm-hmm. 100% he was ostracized um, by the public, right? Right. He was basically run out of Denver because of his faith. Now, I'd also suggest he was a mediocre quarterback, at least throwing the ball, right? However, right. he still won them playoff games. So the the larger point on all of this for me, Pat, is very simply this. You think the regular political mainstream media is bad. It, Gordon Miller represents a very... How shall I say this? A very mild version of what the woke scolds in the rest of hockey and sports media put down on on your uh, websites, on Twitter. Look, he is not free of criticism, right? That is the consequence, right? That's the consequence that, that Gordon Miller is talking about, except for he advocated for consequences Within the Philadelphia Flyers organization, saying, Well, if you don't participate in the things that we want you to participate in, if you hold religious beliefs that are different, right? W- would you suggest a Jew- Jewish player needs to bow down to Allah uh, at Muslim Pride night? Or a Christian player should have to do that? Are you suggesting that, Gord Miller? Would you suggest? Because Yes. By the way, the LGBTQ elemental p tilde ampersand percentage sign crowd. To them, this is a religious belief. It is as it is as important to them as somebody's religious belief. We we've talked about this ad nauseum. Are we to really suggest that? So now now we're going to pick and choose exactly whose political beliefs and, more importantly, whose religious beliefs can and can't be practiced openly in public because of your, quote-unquote, position. Well, just wear the stupid pride jersey. Nobody was paying attention. It's not the point. The point of the matter is I don't have to express something that is against my beliefs. It would be akin to taking a, um, a LGBTQ person and forcing them into a straight porn night at the Philadelphia Flyer game, right? You have to sit down and watch straight people go at it. It's against their belief system. They That's not something that they sh- want to participate in, right? Right. Okay, now I would suggest Straight Porn Night would be a really stupid idea, but I, I'm I'm going to the extreme so that you can understand this. This is this is the mild reaction that has taken place. The most of mainstream sports media blew their ever-loving minds over this. How dare he? Oh, how dare he not show solidarity and allyship? Right, because he's not an ally of this community, this community that's that's full of sin, according to his religious belief system. So the only religious belief that really gets to be celebrated here is the LGBTQ crowd's belief system. That's it? Well, it's about their pride. All right, I don't have to participate. I didn't sign up for that. Is that in my contract? No, right? Go ahead, find me. Do what you want. Does he? Do you think he cares about that? No, very clearly. Now, the good news is that this is another individual doing exactly what the Tampa Bay Rays players did last year, right, for right. Pride Night, where they refused to wear the stupid hat, right? Five right. of their players said, nope, not going to happen, ain't going to do it, no way, no how. Just that simple. All right, so that's my best story of the week. I love the fact that he stands up to this, and I love the fact that the mainstream sports media can continue to expose themselves for the far left. Again, folks, I've talked about this ad nauseum. 95% of this group voted for Hillary Clinton. 95%. That's worse than the regular media who voted at a 90% clip for hillary clinton and you think it was even worse when it came to joe biden versus donald trump i guarantee it was 98 percent
1: all right pat so your best story of the week <laughs> well my best story of the week actually comes out of uh davos mm. um and rebel news was over there and they actually confronted the CEO of Pfizer on the vaccine, and it is absolutely fantastic. Wait, I wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, I thought he was a horse doctor. You uh, mean to tell me he's the CEO of Pfizer? Yeah. You do know that in a past life, he was actually a horse doctor for real.
1: Uh, and actually, I didn't know that, but yeah. that, 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 okay. That, that actually yeah. makes a lot of sense now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: huh. And uh, so wh- Look, we're going
2: to play a clip from this, but this thing lasts for about 10 to 15 minutes. And uh, we'll have some comments afterwards. Go.
0: Mr. Borla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. for that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit around here. It's not making. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? <laughs> Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? What do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day?
2: Now, again, folks, this is only about a minute 30 of 10 minutes. And for me, Pat, as we watch the the 10 minutes here, I'm just going to leave this and I'll leave the commenting to you. My favorite part of this entire thing is watching the Pfizer CEO attempt to get away from this and then like run into brick wall after brick wall. Oh, no, I can't go up that stair. Oh, crap. I can't get into this building. And oh, crap. They literally zigzag through the streets of Davos trying to get away from these individuals and they run into dead end after dead end after dead end not being allowed into this building or um, running into literally a security fence, right? Or this or that. For 10 minutes, it is unavoidable. And then watching the smirk and the just dodgy, just on the face of the Pfizer CEO, unbelievable. But why why was this your best story of the week?
1: Well, very simply... This is, you know, we've often talked about um, shining a light on these people's crimes against humanity, and we've talked about making them own their crap. Mm-hmm. And, and this is how you do it. And, and It's notice, a version of notice, it for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, notice, notice these reporters, by the way, from, and they're from Rebel News. Notice they weren't jerks about it. They weren't violent about it. They were just kind there. They were in his way. They got in his way and kept asking him questions. And he just keeps moving along, He's like, well, have a nice day. Have a nice day. No, no, I'm not gonna have a nice day. You need to answer the question. You need to answer for what's going on with your product. That I mean, if this were if this were anything else, if this were anything else other than this vaccine or, or drug or a pharmaceutical for that matter, um you'd absolutely would be held 120% accountable for it. Mm-hmm. So, um I mean, because if, if this was like food poisoning where, where a company repeatedly kept poisoning food, they would absolutely be held accountable for it. Why aren't why aren't companies like Pfizer and Moderna being held accountable? Why is it that they get immunity? And this is the beauty of this is because it it just it shines a light on this. It shines a light on on the evil that is coming out of of companies like this, and it was just really, really well done um, by these reporters and mm-hmm. guerrilla uh, you know, journalism. And some, yeah, and some people call that oh, well, that wasn't journalism. That was no, it's a, that was that's exactly being, what journalists are supposed exactly to do. That's exactly
2: what they're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Yep, investigative it, journalism is hardcore. It is taking on the powerful it is holding them to account and whether you get an answer or not is not the point right right so i mean but how yeah, telling was that he wouldn't answer any questions well of course he's not going to answer questions we all know that but right it is, it is getting his reaction to the question right and right. the reaction it, it as i pointed talented. out mm-hmm. was was not just dismissive but, like, he actually thought it was funny. You can see the smirk on his face. You can see the the I'm holier than thou look on his face throughout this entire situation. So right. I agree with you. This is a great story in terms of this is how you do this type of journalism. There's many forms of journalism, and this is one of them. But this is a lost art when it comes to holding the powerful to account for things that are going on. And. As we get further and further into understanding, okay, what is going on with the jabs, with the quote unquote therapeutic, right? Right. We're actually finding them to be dangerous, not just ineffective, right? What we are finding out is that they can be dangerous. And as I have always stated, Pat, I wanted to wait for more information to understand whether or not these things are safe and effective, right? Right. But as we are finding out, as we go further and further down this path, we're seeing not just what the mainstream media is reporting, but look at Alex Berenson and look at other people who are pushing the envelope of the research that is going on into these these shots. And as we look at them, we're actually seeing... The, the things that we were worried about, right, up front, the potential to change the immune system, the potential to alter how your your genes react, how your DNA reacts to these things. We're looking at not just blood clots or your stroke situation, like we, we've talked about. Um, you know, over the age of 65, they're finding uh, an increase in potential for stroke. We're not just talking about the increase of blood clots or myocarditis or the, or this or that. But what we're actually seeing is as we're doing this research is more and more researchers are finding something is being altered in your system, okay? This is an alteration that you can't undo. And people are literally loading up four, five, six times now with booster shot after booster shot after booster shot. It's not just an issue of these shots didn't work, right? They didn't prevent transmission. They don't prevent you from, from getting sick. They can't do anything. And I had this out the other day with somebody uh, yesterday, actually, on that I respect uh, about the counting of deaths when it comes to COVID-19. And I have long made this argument, Pat. And, and he didn't understand the argument that I was making for the longest time. The argument that I'm making is not that we don't have the CDC giving us the the data based off of the counties in the in the states and 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 doctors having the ability to make a call on a death certificate. Right? I'm I'm all for the doctor having that call, but that's not what the counties and states are allowing doctors to do. The counties and states are telling doctors today what, if they find COVID-19, whether it's the cause, the secondary cause, or an incidental situation, right, they have to list it on the death certificate. And once they list it on the death certificate, what happens? It counts as a COVID death. Now, my friend argues that, well, we don't see excess death um, spiking like we did prior to the the, quote-unquote vaccine, right? Hmm, that's interesting. Except for the the problem with the the assumption that everybody has, right, is that 1.1 million Americans died from COVID-19. No, they didn't. And within the argument that the two of us were having, eventually taken off of the 280- character twitter limit, right? Because there's just some things that you can't communicate in 280 characters. So we we talked off of that. And I, he publicly stated about 10% uh, of this probably is not true. Okay, so that's 100,000 people out of 1.1 million? You don't think that that's a statistically significant amount of people that we're overcounting? And as I pointed out to him, even leftist, even as far-left people like Leanna Wynn, the former president and CEO of Planned Parenthood, going on CNN, challenging CNN's hosts and the medical establishment to say, hang on, hold up, wait a second, we're way overcounting. His argument is we're actually undercounting things by today's standard. No, we're not. We have continuously overcounted this, whether it's by a 1, thousand, a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, whatever the number is, we physically have no way of knowing. And that's been my argument all along, Pat, right? He ref—he actually refused to address that point. My point is that we don't have not necessarily, quote unquote, standardized ways we should have categorical ways we should be able to stratify the data okay so doctor a and doctor b doctor a presents this person with this 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 and this and also tested positive for covid was covid the actual cause of the death on the death certificate does that state this get rid of the 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 mandatory you have to report it right Let's see what happens when that happens. Okay, then on top of it, we need exactly what Leanna Wynn, and I've been arguing this for two and a half, three years, right, Pat? We need to know how many people died from actual COVID. Like, COVID caused their heart issue, and they died. Or COVID caused a stroke. Or COVID caused this, and they died. Okay? getting COVID did that. Okay, great. COVID was incidental, secondary. Like, they they came in, had a, had a heart condition... Or or they already had a heart condition, COVID exacerbated that, and they died. Okay, it could have been the heart condition. It could have been the heart attack, right? And COVID right. made it worse. <coughs> okay, that's category two. And category three is, I fell off of my truck, broke my back, and died, but, oh, I tested positive for COVID while in the hospital because we're still doing that, by the way. You have to test. You have to test. You have to test. Did you know that you don't have to do that, by the way? If you are cognizant, if you are with it, right, you can refuse their testing. You can say, no, you are not testing me for this. Nope, not going to happen. But the larger point in all of this, Pat, is these people still don't understand. We have no idea how many people have been affected by the shot. We can't even count correctly and understand correctly and get our grasp around actual death from from the disease, from the virus, let alone what is going on with the shot. These people still don't understand. It is an impossibility for you to categorically tell me or anybody how many lives have been saved by the COVID quote-unquote vaccine. It is an impossibility. You are guessing. You are modeling it. You are doing what Imperial College and IHME did prior to COVID-19. We haven't even reached the numbers that the Imperial College model told us we would have reached in six months. We are halfway there three years later. And we are told, still scaremongered into, this would have been 1917 all over again, from the former president, Donald John Trump, you know, Maga Forever's uh, idol, right? Bow down. Listen to everything except if you don't listen to him on this. That's great. You critically thought through this, but you're still gonna lick his boots. He was wrong about the one thing that mattered the most, right? He was dead ass wrong about it. On every at every turn, he turned to the people who were the the dead ass wrongest and then shunned the people who were put into place to counter that narrative. So congratulations to Rebel News for doing this. But let's see some action behind this. Let's see governments hold these people accountable. But here's the rub right here in America and elsewhere. Government is in bed with Pfizer, with Moderna. They own part and parcel the, um, the patent on these medications. You think they want to be held accountable for that? Nope. So we're going to have to continue to do this over and over and over, and every state that possibly can needs to do what Florida is doing, and you put the pressure on them over and over and over and over and over over again. All right, with that being said, Pat, it is time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B if you are ready. Oh, I'm ready.
1: All right, lay that headline on me. Alrighty then, today's headline Al Gore again warns the earth will not make it past the year 2012. Al Gore again warns the earth will not make it past 2012. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't, uh, it's Friday. Uh, if you're not a morning person like me and you need a little pick me up in the morning, um, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Unfortunately, I can't do the whole coffee thing, but If you are a coffee drinker, this is going to be a great fit for you. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're not, you like tea or you like hot chocolate, also still a great fit for you. They've got all sorts of different great flavors over there. Everything is fresh roasted, freshly packaged and shipped directly to you. And no one gives a flying flip of what your politics are, what your belief system is. They only care about making a good product and getting it to you. That's it. It's a business that won't insult you. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code Critical Thinking at checkout, and get 5% off your purchase today. Al Gore again warns the earth will not make it past the year 2012. Is this the B or not the B, Andrew Coppins? Your answer. <laughs>
2: Uh, So this one's got to be the Babylon Bee because I know the story that's coming because it's my worst story of the week, Pat. So I'm going to go with the Babylon Bee on
1: this one. You would be correct, sir. This is the Babylon Bee. While at the World Economic Forum, rightful presidential or rightful president Al Gore delivered a stern warning on climate change, saying the world will not make it past the year 2012 if something isn't done immediately. Mm-hmm. The situation has never been more dire," said Gore, while uh, whipping the lipstick of a Swiss hooker off his face. It's more dire
2: before. We even get there. Do you know there's three hundred thousand hookers in Davos, Switzerland right now? I, I,
1: I knew there. I knew they, they they brought hookers in. I didn't know how many.
2: It's like three thousand or three hundred thousand. I forget which insane number. But either way, it's an absolutely insane number of people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Um, It's more dire than it was yesterday and more dire than it was the day before and even more dire than the day before that. Sources say Crowd began to fall asleep as as he continued. In fact, we have minus 11 years to fix this, Gore said as he began shouting and waving his arms to hold everyone's attention. By 2012, we will have reached the point of no return and trillions of people will die painful deaths and the polar bears will have to grow gills to live in the water because there will be no more ice. And Kevin Costner and his friends will have to help us escape from artificial islands in the ocean and lead us to a mythical dry land unless someone builds a time machine. Back to the year 2000 to warn the world it's impending doom. Trust the experts. The consensus of climate scientists voiced their agreement with Gore by accepting his funding and his booking TV hits on CNN to warn of the intimate disaster 11 years ago. At publishing time, experts confirmed that Gore's speech had reduced global temperatures by a half a degree. By the way, uh, the Babylon Bee made a great reference to Waterworld there um, with starring Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, it should explain itself. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I hinted at this, Pat. Uh, My worst story of the week has got to be Al Gore. And um, we're going to boil the oceans now. I, I want you to hear exactly how unhinged the radical climate change activist crowd is in Davos, by the way, in Davos. So, um, I'm just going to say this. Here you go
0: of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say We have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had and we need have had and we need to make some changes. Ah!
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) That's the same guy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, that was the uh, the former governor of Vermont, right? (laughs) Uh, Tennessee. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the guy who did the, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at some caucus event in Iowa, right? And then we're going to go to the White House. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, but, but what, what? So, uh, wait a second. Is Al Gore telling us that he is a believer in self-governance and sovereignty all of a sudden? Well, at the World Economic Forum? Uh, did I just hear that correctly?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but this is actually, my worst
2: story of the week because people are still inviting Al Gore to anything and expecting and, and literally lapping up everything he has to say. This man has not made a single prediction that has come true, period, amen, point blank, zero, nothing, Nathan Nada in the last 30 years. When it comes to the the climate, by the way, 2012 we're supposed to was be born. dead by twenty twelve, right? Yeah, that was eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oceans are now supposed to boil. Uh, did he no. take that from Hank Johnson's uh, playbook? Because uh, what if happens if the uh, the island uh, uh, capsizes and falls into the ocean? <sighs> this got to be the What the hell, people? Like, we're really going there? And then at the same time, we get Greta Thunberg, right? So I wanted to get my worst story of the week out of there, because Al Gore, man, really? How unhinged are you? This is the most unhinged thing I have seen at one of these events. Not the worst thing I've seen at one of these events. There's nothing worse than suggesting that uh, human beings are perfectible. And human beings are are not God, created in God's image, right? Like, all that talk that happened from that creepy dude who is the second in command of the World Economic Forum behind Klaus Schwab. Mm-hmm. I, I just, wow. Wow, 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 wow. And by the way, to your other story with Rebel News, they did this also to Klaus Schwab.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and his uh... security went nuts. And then
2: he also did it to the head of uh, CNN, uh, or not CNN, CSNBC International, that was, mm. they they have their, yeah, it was awesome. Dad yep. basically told him to bleep off and he wanted to punch him in his face. While still mic'd up, which is the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> not knowing that they could pick up the frequency. What's yeah, the frequency, yeah. Kenneth? Perfect. But anyway, uh, that being said, Pat, I also think it is time for us to... Wait for it. Crown a brand new Richard of the Week.
1: All right. Just out of curiosity, is uh, Vladimir Putin still uh, on Christmas vacation from Ukraine? I have no idea. I haven't been
2: paying attention.
1: Because I, I haven't heard anything in a while. This is true. Um, <clears throat> And another in the case of Richard of the week, though uh, our first nominee is Joseph Marionette Biden. Um, we we talked earlier in the week about his ridiculous, ridiculous speech on is. what was it Sunday and Monday? Yeah, speech is. <laughs> yeah, one say, in uh, front of
2: the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, and the other in front of the National Action Network.
1: Well yeah, so so there there's that And plus you know his whole spiel of the classified document situation that's going on too. Um absolutely crazy. Yeah. And then you uh mentioned Gleta Thunberg. Oh god. Uh what did because she do? Yeah, well, you know, she she sort of faked her own arrest. <laughs> Wait, what? She she sort of uh, on on t- on camera um was posing as if she were being arrested
2: oh and wait 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 are you suggesting that there that it actually wasn't the real police looked like doctors
1: to me hmm i, I don't I, here's I, the I, thing if, if if you're gonna if you're going to uh, want to be taken seriously why do you have to fake your arrest
2: right and and furthermore yeah. if you know the story she was or uh, quote-unquote arrested for a second time Um, Trying to get inside of a uh, coal mine that's being destroyed within Germany. And it's being destroyed, Pat, because they're, mm, wait for this, building a bigger one so that they can supply more energy to the country who is already energy starved because they were stupid enough to think that I should just get all of our energy from Russia and wind and and wood chips. There's literally a town that does that, by the way, in, in Germany, all of their energy for the entire town is, yeah, it, it's a fascinating documentary, and I think it works on a very micro level, but it don't work on a macro level, because no, guess does. what you would have to do? Fell an ass-ton of trees, right? And, right? and when you do that, you hurt the Amazon rainforest, and when you hurt the Amazon rainforest, oh my God, the planet's going to heat up and die. <laughs> so so let's get all the power from the the scraps of the wood that we fell, and, and then heat the, int- what, what? <laughs> well, these people crack me up. I, it, it's just like the, the EV is the answer to all of our carbon problems, right? Mm. Except for we create more carbon in the production of an EV vehicle than the EV vehicle would, would reduce over its entire lifetime. And oh, by the way, we still don't have a good way to dispose of the batteries and, and thus hurt the earth. Mm -hmm. but but california 100 electric by 2030
1: yeah um in any case uh we next we have the uh uh, gay activist couple that we talked about yesterday in the uh b or not the b oh the the lucan family yes i think right yeah uh, is that their name i forget i don't even really care what their name is what they did is absolutely horrible yeah. Um <clears throat> I'll I'll make sure I got that correct, okay? Yeah, okay. And then finally we have David Zern. And you actually had nominated David zurin I uh, I'm not necessarily familiar with who he is. Um if you would care to explain to the audience of of who that is. Yeah, so David Zern is one of the uh individuals um,
2: <clears throat> who decided to attack Tony Dungy of all the people in the world to attack Pat Tony Dungy, uh-huh. the ex-Tampa Bay head coach, Indianapolis Colts head coach, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. An avowed Christian, out and out Christian, lives it every single day of his life, right? Right. One of the best safeties of NFL history, too, by the way. How dare he attend the March for Life? That's right. He's being attacked for attending the March of Life.
1: What, what, uh
2: huh.
1: Uh huh. Okay. I mean that that is pretty Richard-like. Then, um, heaven forbid you live your belief system. So,
2: well, because and he it, says David Zirin, right, uh, in the nation, okay, the nation, you know that that bastion of right-wing, I mean left-wing <laughs> talk. Quote. This is his first paragraph. I've covered the March for Life in Washington, D.C. for years. It is a madhouse of right-wing gadflies, disinformation addicts, QAnon adherents, and most disturbingly, class after class of teenage and tween-age children dragged there by teachers who abuse their authority in ways that would make Ron DeSantis smirk. Huh? Come again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm um, But... Zurin has made a uh, further wild accusation before immediately transitioning to advocating for Dungey to be fired for having the wrong political beliefs. Listen to this. This is a staggering indictment of the politics of the NFL and the network's partners allow <clears throat> and the network's partners allow and the kind that they condemn. Well, their silence uh speaks volumes. It's a silence that's almost as loud as Dungey's hateful blather. Almost as loud as the thousands of people descending upon Washington, some mandatorily to celebrate a fascistic, discredited Supreme Court and the loss of our rights. So Tony Dungy literally advocating for positions based off of his religion makes him fighterable from the NFL because he wants to attend and supports the March for Life. Uh Uh-huh. You unhinged asshole. <clears throat> all right. So that's David Zern.
1: Ah. Uh, all right. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. our we have our four nominees. We have Joseph Biden, Greta Thunberg, David Zern, and the gay activist couple. Yeah. The winner for this week's Richard of the Week. And I don't know how you could justify not this. Mm-hmm. Um the gay activist couple. Yeah, the, the Zulock family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that is that their name? Yep, yep. William
2: Dale Zulock and Zachary Zach Jacoby Zulock.
1: Yep. And um, if you are uh, interested in, in understanding what we're talking about, go back to yesterday's show during the uh, Be okay. or Not the Be segment yep. is when that came up. Yep. So,
2: yep, and, Or just go to Not the Be and, and read the article, too.
1: Yeah, for that, too. Uh, uh, by the way, either way, be warned, it's uh-huh. pretty graphic stuff.
2: Uh-huh. 100%. All right. So, with that, Pat, um, the winner of this week's Richard of the Week is the Zerlock family, family, right? All right. Yep. So, with that being said, your worst story of the week?
1: Well, honestly, I don't know how you top the Zerlock family in being the, the Zirloch, worst story of the week. Not Zerlock, Zulock. Or, or, excuse me, Zulock. I don't know how you top that. However, for the sake of since we've already covered it, I'm going to go a different route. Um, And that is uh, going into Georgia. And there was a curriculum salesman, if you will, boasts about violating Georgia's CRT ban, which because you can't teach CRT in the state of Georgia, um, and admits to uh, disguising teachings as DEI. Uh, we actually have a clip of this, I believe.
3: If you don't say the words, it makes you the- specifically teachers. And it's amazing how you've gotten schools to purchase the curriculum. And they don't even know what's on. I always have a good salesman, but I'm also an like, evil salesman. It's like, so bad. So the, the public schools have the state funding, right? They guess So the state is basically paying for your curriculum without knowing what's in it. Does your, your curriculum have quick boys' waste in it? Yep. Nobody and the government doesn't know. They have no clue. And I'm like... In order to make sure it's under the radar, how do you visit DEI hours? Schools in Georgia have your curriculum. Two, so, mm-hmm. two districts actually. We so, two so sure. counties. Um, and then five nine. Wait, your curriculum I- that is in the schools here in Georgia is just kindergarten. It's just it's one kindergarten. Yeah. That's so cool. So you yeah. our CRT stuff is sure. kindergarten. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like he's like such an idiot. Like his wife was a lot of summer education here. Yeah. So she was a grammar teacher. What thinks she do if she found out? there's no oh, to be i would get bailed what about these parents who might push back after me? There's not part of the system i can't lose my i'm not gonna lose my job girl worst is gonna happen y'all gonna be upset and i shared somehow that's the work is gonna
2: happen <laughs> yeah uh, hey, so, you're
1: about to find out pal <clears throat> yep yep real quick so this is uh his name is dr quentin bostic um, and he's admitting to selling a, the critical race theory curriculum in Georgia when it's banned. It, it's not supposed to be in schools, period. But he's selling it as DEI. And he's like, as long as you don't say CRT, you can sell it. You can get it in the classroom. Now, now, now Pat, I so
2: why I think this is the worst story of the week, um, uh, one of the worst for me is the fact that what we're witnessing is that that they're hiding their true agenda, right? Right. They're attempting to hide it and still understand that their goal is what indoctrination, right? They know right. it.
1: Right. This which they, is why, why right. are you starting in kindergarten, by the way,
2: right, right. So this is why this is bad. But for me, the the thing that this is my point with banning these things, right. You can't possibly do that because you're playing whack-a-mole. All they're gonna do is change the name, and they've done it even with things that they don't ban. Right? Or they just become unpopular. Look at ESG. Now, now what do we see? They're really just trying to, to uh go away from ESG and become real stakeholder capitalism, right? That's the new buzzword, and it's been a buzzword for a couple of years, but but they've literally not talked about ESG instead they are attempting at da- in Davos at the World Economic Forum to use the stakeholder capitalism argument it's the same argument right ESG is the same argument that private public partnerships should exist that we're going to we're going to enforce certain things because of that public private partnership right that we're going we're gonna to shove ESG down your throat, whether you like it or not, whether you ban it or not, whether you participate in black. So BlackRock's CEO is literally doing this. It's the same concept. You can't go there and ban things unless you are willing to play whack-a-mole. What you need to do, and then we talked about it earlier, Pat, shining a light. You have to be a vigilant parent. You have to be vigilant people. You don't have to have 60, 70, 80% of of the crowd against it. You need a vocal minority. You need that 10, 15, 20% that will be on the ass of the school board, on the ass of the superintendent, on the ass of the teachers, right? You be the pest. You're at every school board meeting that you can be at. You are in front of them. You let them know you're watching, you're paying attention. And oh, by the way, fight them in the courts. And oh, by the way, Right. Pull your students out of the if if you know that this curriculum exists and you don't want them indoctrinated into that. Pull their asses out of school. Take away the power. We've talked about this a long time. Most states, the funding for their school is tied to how many pupils, how many kids are in the classroom, whether on a yearly, quarterly, start of the year, end of the year basis. Right. So when we look at that, what are you doing? Your power is in two things: being a vocal presence, letting them know you're there, right, and you're paying attention. And then number two, pulling your kids out of the school. If they if they won't if they won't want to listen to you, right? That's your that's your remedy. You hit them in the pocketbook. Well, well, that's only five students. Okay, your five students probably equal forty to fifty thousand dollars. That's a teacher's salary. That's a starting teacher's salary. They can't hire one person. Here in in Illinois, it's $15,000 per person. In Georgia, it's probably about ten, dollars right? So four to five of you, five of you leave, right? One teacher can't be hired. Think that makes a difference? Oh, hell yeah, it does. Or, or an administrative position's salary can't be fulfilled the way that it always is, right? Because that's really where this money is going. 90% of all funding is administrative today. Less than 10% actually goes to your child's education. So either you work to flip it or you pull them out and you get them. you get the message that way. You hit them right in the pocketbook. Those are your two options. So pick one. Pick a lane and stick with it. And yeah, it may be a little difficult to homeschool your child or or figure out a way to, to put them into a private setting that helps get away from CRT. Because I would suggest even if you just blindly put them into a Catholic school without looking, you'll still find CRT, especially if you're going to a Jesuit school. Right? So, right. You have to be a vigilant parent about your child's education. That's what this thing is. And I love it for that. He's right. I'm just going to change the name. It's still the same concept. I'm just changing the name. That's my point. These bands do nothing. They don't do anything because you're playing whack-a-mole and you're not actually paying attention as a government to it. You can't. It's an impossibility. The only people that can are the people who are on the ground, involved in their community. Involvement confrontation the theme of this show that's what matters here so with that being said pat your final thoughts
1: don't get lost remember who you are no means no and 2012 called they want their climate change policy back
2: gonna capsize into the ocean and with that please be smart be safe be kind make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend and as always matthew